Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast series. My name is Josephine Monberg, and I am your host. You are now listening to the COVID-19 special edition of our show. Welcome to our podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of our podcast. We are taking a closer look at how different industries are being impacted by COVID-19. And today we are taking a closer look at aerospace and defense industry. And I'm sure that industry specifically is seeing a lot of impact of our current global pandemic. And to do this, I have with me in their virtual home studios, Glenn McDonald, who's principal at Aerodynamic Advisory, and Torsten Velte, who's head of aerospace and defense and travel and transportation at SAP. So thank you both for being with me today. Um, if I turn it over to you first, Glenn, can you just quickly tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, thanks, Josie, and thanks thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, as you mentioned, I'm a principal with Aerodynamic Advisory, and we're a boutique consultancy focused on the aerospace and aviation markets. So corporate strategy, mergers and acquisitions, and advising clients on strategic technologies. And where in the world can you be found apart from, of course, at home? Uh, our clients are primarily in North America, but we do have a global client base. Um, unfortunately, uh, not much travel right now, so we're <laughs> working from uh, our homes in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. Well, great to have you. And over to you, Torsten. What does your role uh, include at SAP? Yeah, thank you, Josie, Jen, and thanks for organizing this. Um, at SAP, um, I look after the aerospace and defense as well as tra travel transportation industry. So aerospace and defense is all the manufacturing sites, uh, all the commercial as well as the defense side. Uh, on travel, travel and transportation, you have basically the travel side, which is people transport, and transportation, it's non-people transport, and it's all mode of uh, areas. And what we do in our group is basically looking at trends, uh, things that our customers looking as constraints or problems or issues, and looking at our SAP portfolio and see how we can help with them with existing products or with new products. And also um, basically managing several of influence councils. Mm. And where in the world can you be found right now? Yeah, I'm, uh, I can be usually found in Seattle, <laughs> Washington, but uh, due to some business trips I had, um, I uh, didn't get necessarily stranded, but I'm right now in, in Germany. Uh, in my hometown that I grew up with and uh, close to the Black Forest, mm. close to Stuttgart. So Okay, so similar situation to me, typically located in New York, but right now it can be found in Denmark, in uh, specifically in Copenhagen. So thank you both for sharing a little bit more about uh, you. Let's dive right into it. So, I mean, you are covering an industry that I'm sure is being massively impacted by our current global pandemic. So maybe starting with you, Glenn, can you tell us a little bit about the impact that you're seeing on aerospace and defense industry? Yeah, you're, you're right, Josie. It is a massive impact and it's, it's multi-layered. I mean, we have at the, at the top level, the travel bans, um, specifically in international travel um, between many countries. Uh, then layered on top of that, the economic impact of COVID, which is making people want to travel less for leisure and for business. And then 
uh, layered on top of that, I mean, we have the impact of, of, of social distancing, which even if we had the money and, and time to, to travel, um, people are, are afraid of, of flying and afraid of being on an airplane packed in with, with um, other passengers and not able to social distance. So, uh, you know, depending on which, uh, which data you believe and which estimates you're looking at, um, air travel is down something like uh, 96% um, globally this month in terms of the number of passengers fl uh, flying per day. Massive, massive impacts. What about uh, you, Torsten? Can you comment on that? What are you seeing? Yeah, I, I see a big impact also from, a, from a, of course, what, what Glenn said, from a traveling perspective and the demand in, in traveling, uh, but I also see the impact on, on the companies, right? Um, lots of the commercial airplane manufacturers um, shut down um, their production or slow down their production. Um, we also, in addition to that, a lot of people heard about uh, the Boeing MAX issue, the mm. grounding of and not being certified aircraft for over a year. Um, so that's even layering to, to Glenn's uh, challenges that he mentioned another layer on top. Um, so a lot of things in, in the industry has already been impacted by those two magic, magic, massive events. And so we see a lot of the suppliers being impacted and we see uh, a lot of uncertainty what's happening afterwards, even if, if everybody goes back into the, into the air, what's happening with uh, all the different aircrafts and things that are uh, parked out there. Um, on a good side, um, a lot of the defense companies have jumped in to do a lot of work for medical work. So uh, that's a positive side on it. Uh, the good thing is a lot of the, the defense companies were also under uh, restricted work. So they were able to actually bring most of the manufacturing people back to work on stuff. So that's the positive side on this, okay. right? But, um, Massive, massive impacts on keeping people safe uh, and balancing the, the economical impact. Mm, well, I'm happy that there is a positive side because I do think it's one of the industries that we're hearing a lot about in the news and just, of course, constantly learning about the negative, massive impacts that there are um, on the industry. So you just touched on it now, Torsten, what the industry is doing to respond and I guess also reimagine themselves. Glenn, can you talk a little bit more about what you're seeing in terms of how the industry is responding? Yeah, it's um, it, it's certainly early days. And I think we do have to differentiate between what the airlines are doing in the airline yeah. ecosystem and then what the manufacturing ecosystem is doing. You know, from, from the airline point of view, we have seen uh, government assistance programs uh, pop into place. You, you know, in the news in the last day or so, it was announced that uh, the government of France and, and the Netherlands are supporting Air France KLM to the tune of 7 billion euro. Um, so that will keep them afloat for the foreseeable future. In the US, we have the CARES Act, which is providing um, up, upwards of $50 billion in grants and loans to the US airline industry. So that that's certainly um, buffering things in the near term and providing a floor where people are still employed. Um, I think beyond that, um, the big question is, will airlines have the financial resources to keep taking delivery of new aircraft, what happens when they park their old fleet, you know, what happens to the whole aftermarket ecosystem. Um, so I, I think to, to date, um, production has been impacted because of uh, factory shutdowns and things purely due to COVID, but it's still a, a little bit too early to tell what the long-term implications are going to be for production. 
Uh, certainly, um, the forecast we were looking at at the beginning of this year, um, you know, Torsten and I were at a conference in early February where the outlook was uh, was fairly rosy, and I think that that's all that's all changed. Where we won't need to get back to that level of aircraft production and manufacturing activity for, in our estimates, and for about the next four to five years before we return to 2019 levels. I mean, it's really just I believe it's it's an industry that's totally going to be reimagined more long term, and I'm sure that. Companies, um, businesses in this industry is doing a lot to try to respond. Are you, Torsten, maybe do you have any examples of what airlines or just businesses in this industry is doing to respond? The industry itself, as, as you know, if you look back, is um, the core of a lot of the innovations that we have. To get an aircraft into the air, it takes a lot of engineering skills, a lot of physical skills, knowledge about the physics of the world, period. Um, that got people closer to each other, right? Understand how the world works and how different cultures work. Uh, that way we can now travel within hours from one continent to another. Um, with hypersonic stuff coming out uh, soon again, uh, we'll be even faster. Satellite businesses, right? Without those, we couldn't be on this call, right? Because everything works off of satellites and, and other communication pieces. So the, the industry is very creative, innovative itself. We just went through um, a very dramatic aspect. So the creativity itself is centered more around keeping care of the employee-owned businesses. Um, there are efforts going on right now to uh, within the airline uh, airlines to see how do you restart uh, their operations. Um, the OEMs like Airbus and Boeing, especially the, on the Airbus side, are working on finding out how we can help the industry overall, um, how we can make it safer, um, you know, all these discussions, um, but also looking for their own people, right, to make sure that they work in a safe environment, they keep uh, track of the clean standards, the distance, all those kind of things. So there's there's a lot of creativity in regards to uh, keeping people working creativity in regards to working with their supply chain and their suppliers because there's a financial issue uh, out there uh, if you shut down a, a major branches of manufacturing it, it will impact thousands of companies uh, that are already on a very you know fragile financial situation and by you know a, a doing creative things innovative things working with them it will help them to to flow through this crisis and um, it, it's also be it's also going to be extremely interesting to see how this supply chain will recover because they plan for in some airplane production rates of 60 and mm. now they're down to 40 or even further down right so the creativity has to come it has to come in regards to optimizing your processes especially when there's a lot of labor um, how do you basically more efficiently work, how do you more efficiently collaborate and uh, reduce some of the overhead. Mm. And Glenn, you spend a lot of time, I mean, you do the same, Torsten, but advising companies. So what do you tell them right now? What's your advice? Yeah, for the companies that that have the ability and have um, are, are came into this in a strong financial position, I completely agree with Torsten that now is the time to invest in improving efficiency and coming out of this stronger on the other side. It's always a challenge with companies balancing the immediate need to uh, cut expenses and reduce your your cash burn 
with um, the the need to invest for the future. And I think the you know the companies that are forward looking will find ways to make those investments as far as they can in in this crisis, um, especially around. Um, you know, implementing some of the Industry 4.0 or IoT principles in manufacturing and and reducing reducing labor costs, simplifying their supply chains. You know, it's something we've seen in aerospace where we evolved this very complex global supply chain network. And first with the trade war and now with COVID, we're seeing some of the downsides, some of the riskier things that can happen with that global supply chain network. So I think it's something for the larger tier ones and OEMs uh, to start to try to optimize that to um, to you know, reduce that risk and, and reduce costs at the same time. Torsten, if I can ask you about kind of the role that technology plays in helping businesses future-proof in terms of coping better or coming out of COVID-19, uh, could you yeah. talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I think um, if, if, we, if we take just a little step back, um, I think in the past, especially in the aerospace world, we have a lot of engineering, a lot, a lot of tribal knowledge, a lot of work experience. Uh, COVID is truly, and I think everybody agrees to it, a, a situation where there was no playbook. There is not something that we can refer back to. We had other crises, the financial crisis. A couple of days ago, it was Chernobyl uh, reunion of 34 years ago or 35 years ago. We had crises in the past and we recovered, right? We had also over the last, I would say, 10, 15, 20 years of very steady growth in the market. So a lot of people knew exactly what happened. It was very much in a linear uh, way of working in it. The reason why I bring this up is because a lot of people are kind of at a point of, I I can't make uh, a decision based on an experience, right? I can't make it out of the gut. Uh, so the, the, the fact of having information available that enriches your decision making is going to be very, very key. Independent if you're in manufacturing, if you're in supply chain, or if you're in finance, it is going to be um, very, very critical to have as much as information as possible to enrich your, your knowledge pool so you can basically make the right decision. So that's step number one, I would say. The other piece is like when Glenn and I prepared for this podcast, we chatted about very specific pieces of information that we had. So that collaboration of understanding what's happening in the market is very, very critical. So building on top of each other's knowledge is going to be very, very, very critical as well. So this entire collaboration piece, you know, how do I collaborate with my supply chain? How do I collaborate with my customers? What, will they be willing to stay to their order, but delay it or, you know, help in financial situations? That is going to be critical, right? The collaboration with a very complex supply chain like the aerospace and defense world, where we have 50,000 suppliers in some cases, that's going to be massively critical, but you can only do that if you have technology in place, right? The digital transformation in all of those elements and segments and layers uh, will probably uh, accelerate after this uh, way stronger than we expected because of the fact that a lot of people see, I need to have that information. I cannot make the decision on the base on that anymore. Glenn, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree agree with you, Torsten. I think the supply chain visibility is, is one of the key uh, things to me where, uh, let's face it, we're going to have some supplier failures here. 
over the next few years um, and smaller tier threes that don't have good access to capital or maybe were constrained because of the 737 max grounding and production shutdown to begin with. And then you layer this on top of that. Um, I, I think for the tier ones and OEMs to be able to quickly identify where are those pain points in the supply chain and either go in with assistance or um, do more dual sourcing or just be able to be proactive to avoid further production shutdowns that that will kind of cascade on top of the, the COVID impact. Um, so that supply chain visibility, I think, is one of the key areas where we can use technology uh, in the near term to, to improve our situation. Mm. And now let's talk a little bit about what we are doing to help, what SAP is doing to help, because we are offering you know, solutions that typically would cost money, but we're offering them for free now to help our customers cope. Torsten, have you seen anything in terms of how companies in your industry are taking advantage of these offerings? I'm just thinking if there's anyone listening right now, this would be a good time to kind of share that so they might get information about how they could also get help from SAP. Yeah, so I, I think, um, Josie, um, one aspect of this is, you know, to recognize that we are all in this together and we will have a completely different world after. Yes. Um, there are several um, really good organizations within the aerospace and defense where we're part of, like the AIA in the US or uh, PNAA, which is Pacific Northwest, where Glenn and I met a couple of times. Uh, those are organizations that really corral around all their members uh, to really bring them together to exchange what's happening. So being part of the community and listening, help and helping out and, you know, understanding what's happening, that's going to be critical. But uh, we at SAP, we took uh, even one step further, um, as most uh, know, we offer from an employee safety perspective and also from a care of your employees a survey that uh, all of our customers can take advantage of it for free so they can check in with their employees when they work at home, what their needs are, what they can do with it. Um, as Glenn mentioned before, the supply chain issue is super, super, super critical. Uh, we have several offerings in that area. One of it is uh, the fact that uh, if you need a demand for a specific or if you have a demand for a specific product, you can go over to Ariba, dis discover and, and match those things over there or offer things that you have, right? Um, for a lot of the defense companies, that's what they did in recent times. But we also uh, offered the uh, integrated business planning tool uh, out there for a period of time to our customers. And there's there's also other tools out there for training purposes. So if you have to train people, if they have to re uh, come back to the, the workforce, such as uh, the furloughed people, like the flight attendants and, and flight crews, right? When they come back, they have to train and retrain and recertified uh, because they may have to switch to different aircraft. How can you get that information to them? So there's there's a lot of things. And, and by the way, from a training perspective, um, don't underestimate that because a lot of processes will completely change. A lot of health related things will come in that we have to incorporate in our new processes. So this learning piece will probably pick up um, in the next couple of weeks even mm. more. So that's just a, a couple of them, but there are way more out there. Yeah. So actually, let's talk a little bit more about the future and what the future holds. I'm not sure how dark and gloomy it's looking, but I'd love to get your thoughts on it. So maybe starting with you, Glenn, what do you see uh, in terms of what the future holds for aerospace and defense industry? 
Yeah, let, let's start with the, um, the, the negative here. Um, right now we have over 50% of the fleet, uh, global jetliner fleet is parked and that 50 or 45% that's still flying is flying at dramatically reduced utilization. Um, we estimate there will be upwards of 5,000 aircraft, surplus aircraft in the fleet um, until late 2022 when uh, that traffic starts to come back. And that's um, scenarios looking more optimistic by the day, um, given, you know, given, given what's going on with uh, reduced travel demand. Um, so really, it, it, it depends on when we'll get a vaccine, right? That, that's really the driving factor for air travel is the vaccine and the availability of that vaccine globally, where people will um, feel comfortable, people and businesses will feel comfortable uh, traveling for business and, and pleasure again. Um, so our, our kind of nominal scenario today is, is that 7,000 aircraft parked, uh, traffic, especially international traffic, doesn't return until 2023. Um, one of the questions we get asked all the time now is, in this scenario, why would anybody take delivery of a new aircraft? If I'm going to be parking my fleet as it is, why wouldn't I just use the aircraft that I have? And, and fuel has never been cheaper than it is today. So the advantage of a new, more fuel-efficient aircraft has disappeared overnight. Um, so there will be some, some airlines that we think will still take delivery regardless. Either there's contracts that they can't get out of or airlines like Southwest where they've been waiting for new aircraft for years and they need them regardless or Ryanair. Um, but we think deliveries will be dramatically reduced. It could be 40 to 60% reduction in new aircraft production depending on the model. So, uh, you know, as, as Torsten said, and as we talked about earlier, um, we've had this situation where suppliers have capitalized, they've built up their capacity for high production rates because um, people like, like us have been telling the supply chain for years, hey, production rates are going up. You need to capitalize uh, for that higher rate. And now, um, you know, they're capitalized for that and rates are being cut from, from reduced levels. Um, so it's going to be a struggle for a lot of smaller suppliers to survive. So in the future, you know, we expect to see more consolidation in certain parts of the supply chain that are very fragmented today. The tier two, tier three machine shops and manufacturers um, that could be private equity participating in that to roll up suppliers. It could be um, mergers or, or JVs or, um, or suppliers failing and, and the strong ones um, surviving and expanding. Uh, but it certainly will be uh, four to five years of turmoil in the supply chain and instability. Person, you, you brought up a good point. We have defense as well. And we it, luckily, defense kind of provides a stable floor for us in aerospace, um, where we don't expect that to go away. And in, in an era of you know increased deficit spending and, and um, kind of bud budget realities are, are thrown out the window with COVID, um, we don't expect cuts to defense in the next few years. So that, that will provide a little bit of a floor for some suppliers. And thank you for kind of dividing it uh, into the two, because of course they are very different. Torsten, do you want to take out your crystal ball? Do you have any any thoughts on what holds uh, or what the future holds for aerospace and defense? It's a resilient industry. It's, it's, not, e it's not easy to design an aircraft and uh, just bring one to the market. That takes years and years and years and hopefully um, you know, people, they cherished the fact that they can travel and experience different cultures. So I, I believe, especially with all my friends I talk to, they all want to go back and go on vacation or see different places. So the, the people, it, it's not that people lost the trust. It's just a matter of, you know, when can I get to my next destination? So I, I think there, as, as Ben said, it will take some time. 
uh, so people really uh, feel comfortable so vaccinations come in and those things so there will be a pickup back again it, it's just a matter of time and what the amount of of travelers will be that's going to be critical i think on the other side um I, a lot of the companies uh, lost a little bit of the focus and uh, went into way too many different things um, and probably invested or did too many things in too many different areas. I think coming out of this will probably drive a lot of focus. Um, it will also uh, drive a lot of collaboration instead of competitiveness. Um, I think we will see a lot of in the tier two, tier three uh, areas where there's a lot of collaboration and hopefully, you know, the what was before uh, programs that was very competitive from a price perspective will turn a little bit more to let's make this happening, let's make this work. Um, I think a CEO of Airbus a couple months ago said we have to keep our comp uh, our factories open because if we don't, uh, we will hurt our supply chain. So those that kind of spirit, those kind of uh, you know actions uh, will help will help thousands of people, will help thousands of families. Um, so I think that will drive. And I think uh, there's so much innovation within the industry and so much determination to make things work. Um, we will see more and more innovations come out. And I think this, this time also has shown people that they can work from home, as an example, right? Technology is there to help them to do things, right? to push them a little bit forward. Um, we will probably see the technology adoption in much greater term than it would be before because we had also dealt with a um, an average age, um, you know, in the aerospace defense world that is way over 50 in some cases. And the adoption, and I have to say that in my age group is probably lower than in, in, in other age groups. So the, you know, this will probably help with uh, that element as well. And I, I also believe that uh, this will open a lot of new spaces for younger engineers to step in, right? Mm. Uh, where where they can shine now and have these uh, these discussions where in the past probably age trumped over um, some great ideas. On those words, Torsten and Glenn, thank you both so much for coming on our podcast and sharing about what's going on in the aerospace and defense industry. Um, I am leaving this conversation quite optimistic and um, I hope that everyone listens uh, in feel the same. And uh, for, to those who listen to this episode, thank you so much for listening in. Hopefully, I'll see you on the next episode. Please subscribe to our channel, Industry Insights by SAP at OpenSAP, Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. To learn more about what SAP is doing to help you cope in COVID-19, you can go to sap.com about global health safety and find free access to select SAP software, tools to support your business, and much more. Stay safe, everyone.